0: Welcome to Fiery Discourse, your podcast and media featuring dragnesses, female dinosaurs, and other similar stories and scalies. I'm your host, Ledmonon, and Whitmer, my co-host, Angron, and Lucky Evie, and our special guest, Jordan. Today is our 31st episode, and we're discussing 2001 Shrek, so let's get things started. Mm. Now, Shrek is probably one of the most influential animated movies, at least the 21st century, in my opinion, because it cemented CGI as the dominant form of animation, rather unfortunately, but we'll get back to that uh, another time. And is the movie that really put DreamWorks on the map. This is what made people, notice, I mean, Prince of Egypt did well, Ants did well, El Dorado did okay. But this was the movie that made people sit up and realize that, you know, the, this studio had a lot of potential.
1: Don't forget uh, Sinbad and Stali- and uh, Spirit Stallion and Cimarron.
0: Yeah, those actually came after uh, Shrek, though, believe it or not.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, no problem.
0: It's all good. It's it's not the best DreamWorks movie, in my opinion. It's not like the top, uh, in my opinion. But it is (laughs) probably the most important one in terms of basically what the company would do after this, for better or for worse, for a long time, was trying to be like Shrek. Now, not all of it was, but for at least a good couple of years, they definitely seem to be trying to ride that trend. Now, Shrek was based on a picture book that has absolutely nothing, almost nothing, to do with the movie. The only things that it has in common with the Shrek the movie compared to Shrek the book, Shrek encounters a donkey and he marries a princess. That is literally it. Everything else, literally, the book just hasn't
1: pull. I mean shrek literally eats a lightning bolt and pulls a glock to the fucking sky so i know i know and, he, and, he,
0: and like he threatens a peasant and it it goes places it go it is a very strange very interesting book if you can yeah. find a copy i definitely recommend reading it because it is very very interesting
1: like even uh, more probably even more so than gremlins 2 but i digress because yeah, yeah, exactly. i haven't read a single shrek book so.
0: yep yeah but anyway uh Also, as Steven Spielberg wanted to make Shrek around the time he did Balto, it allegedly would have starred Steve Martin as Shrek and Martin Short as Donkey, and no information has been released on it, so we don't know, but the Shrek movie we got out of the entire Shrek franchise, I probably have a unique opinion because I feel that the first Shrek is the best one. A lot of people say that Shrek Two is the best of the franchise, but I don't know, for me, I like the original Shrek Because it actually feels like an like a real fairy tale in its own right. I mean, Mm. it feels like one of these old stories with a little bit of you know unorthodox to it, of course. But for the most part, it still feels like it's part of like some kind of an ancient story. Which I feel like the sequels, which again, Shrek Two's good, Shrek the Third, uh, and then Shrek Forever After kind of uh, course corrected a lot, but they all seem to slowly drift away from that, from the uh, more medieval style setting of this one. They had like more pop culture references, more, you know, modern type gags and that. And granted, it's fine, but there's something about the simplicity of this one that just feels so good. So anyway, the movie itself starts with a book opening, which was an animated cliche for many, many years, starting with like Snow White and a Gulliver's Travels did something similar with like pretty a, a letter any, written by uh, Gulliver.
1: Yeah, just pretty much insert any Disney movie with like yeah. a fairy tale premise, and you yeah, pretty yeah. Much... A
0: lot of them did that. A lot <laughs> of them did, that. and non-fairy tale movies like Jungle Book did it, Winnie the Pooh did it. Uh, oh, Sleeping Beauty done it. Yeah, obviously, it's like Mudi. That was even the Steven,
1: and even Steven Universe did it. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. And Gulliver's <laughs> Travels, Max Fleischer's Gulliver's Travels, did something similar with like a uh, a scroll written by Gulliver and that, but. Basically, uh, Shrek made fun of it so much that the cliche kind of just stopped dead in its tracks. The last time I saw it was in Enchanted, and that was a deliberate parody of the old Disney movies. Uh. So it definitely seems like this movie, again, really changed animation in a lot of way. Now, I do like what the opening storybook and that, you know, Mike Myers does have nice soft narration. And the medieval wood carving art is really kind of beautiful in a way, How they mm-hmm. how they do it. But then, of course, Shrek literally uh, wipes his ass with the traditional fairy tale, telling you that this movie is going to be different. He kicks like open the...
1: Like, that's Yeah, oh, exactly. God, but it, exactly. He actually wipes his butt with well, a Well, it's
0: implied. It's implied, you know. But anyway, of course, Shrek uh, kicks open the thing, all-star plays, and then the movie begins. Uh, of course, Shrek was played by Mike Myers, who was a absolute gigantic star then because uh, of Austin Powers and that. He was... Huge in the, in uh, 2001. He was originally uh, going to be played uh, by Chris Farley before Chris Farley's tragic and untimely death, which you know, very mm. very sad in that. But mm. yeah, uh, basically a Smash mounts all star is used in the opening, and now it is forever associated with Shrek, even yeah. though it was first used in the movie Mystery Men, and it was in stuff like Digimon and Rat Race and that. But because they used <laughs> yeah. it in Shrek, everybody now associates it with Shrek. And All-Star was a placeholder. Originally, they were going to find more music that fit the scene better. What it would have been, we don't know. But apparently, they showed it to test audiences who really liked how the song fit. And, you know, uh, an icon was born. But, yeah, uh, Yeah. the animation uh, is really well done for 2001. Well, not all good. It's not all good. Some of the humans are a little uh, walkie at times. And, like, uh, some of the hair texture looks a little stiff. But for 2001, this looks amazing. Considering that, uh, they did Ants. But you gotta figure, Ants was a very simplistically animated movie. Even compared to, like, A Bug's Life. Whereas this is such a huge step up from their first CG movie, Ants, to, uh, this, Shrek. It It is phenomenal. It's still, like I say, Shrek himself still looks really, really good. And the animation, for the most part, is, um really nice. And of course, the thing that's fun about this intro is, we get to kind of show uh, Shrek's character contrasted with the villagers basically finding out that there's an ogre and they go after him and whatnot. The scene with, of course, uh, after that with Shrek scaring off the villagers is really iconic and it's just hilarious. You know, you have the absolute classic line, this is... This. I, I can't do Shrek imitation, I'm sorry. Oh, I, I, I got gotcha. you. Oh.
1: Okay, go ahead. Tired you,
0: run away. <laughs> exactly, exactly right. You you got that is a that is a great impression right there. But yeah, of course. Uh, then all the villagers run away and Shrek uh, gets to be alone as he wants uh, Then he discovers the poster that you know has fairy tale creatures wanted, which cuts to uh, Lord Farquad's men hunting them down. You know, and it, it is a uh, another good sequence. And it's here, of course, where we introduced to donkey. Now, I've heard a theory, a fan theory online that Donkey is one of the boys from Pleasure Island from Pinocchio, all grown up. Now, it's probably just a a stupid internet rumor in that, but it's very interesting if you think of that.
2: I agree. I've heard the same rumor, too, that Donkey is one of the the boys who was on Pleasure Island and escaped. I heard, and I kind of 100% agree, and even the internet kind of agrees, too, that it's true that he... Doesn't know how he, how or like who he is, so it kind of makes sense. Like he's the only talking donkey in the of this universe of this land. So I, I kind of agree in a way.
1: That is, yeah, exactly. That is, this is the first time I'm hearing that, and honestly, I'm kind of on board with that. Yeah, especially yeah, no, with I, the kind of universe far, far away. Ultimately, yeah, is
0: yes, and we. And what we learn about Shrek later on in the uh, franchise with the uh, the world building, it does make a lot of sense. Mm. But anyway, uh, an old peasant tries selling Donkey, but Donkey doesn't talk, and the guards think she's mad. Uh, but then Donkey, of course, gets hit by fairy dust and starts flying, also revealing he can right. talk. And, of course, uh, Eddie Murphy, who uh, really did a lot of kids' movies around the time. He did, like, you know, Dr. Doolittle. He did... Uh, mm. You know, Mulan, a lot of stuff like that, where he played yeah. a dragon, and now he marries a dragon in this one. That's Very awesome. interesting, yeah. But it's so weird seeing him in this, and then, like, if you, if you like, are like me, you grew up with him in these kind of movies, and then you go back and watch his stand-up from the 80s, completely different guy. It's like, it's like, the Donkey was saying those things on a stage, it's like, wow, but... I'm not saying that it's not funny, but it's very, very different to what his image was at this time.
1: Oh, but, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Especially yeah. with yeah. stuff like Pluto Nash. Oh, my god! Yeah,
0: oh, God, that movie. That <laughs> movie was wolf. We, we, we do not talk about Pluto Nash. Pluto Nash is... <laughs> have
1: a funny anyway, Come on.
0: Yeah, some moments. Yeah, every movie. No movie doesn't have at least one good moment, I feel. But anyway, well, we get hard. to see Lord uh, Farquaad's knight's uh Donkey basically desperately asks Shrek to hide him, and we get to see Lord Farquaad's knights again, and Lord Farquaad's emblem looks like the Facebook logo. Oh, God. It's almost the exact same (laughs) font and everything. It's like,
1: Lord Farquaad is Mark Zuckerberg all along. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh, actually, actually, another thing that uh, will be mentioned a lot throughout this podcast, but one thing that I very much noticed upon revisiting this movie was... There were th- there were a lot of fairy tales, but the bit being like carted away and whatnot, but the biggest one that caught my attention the most was the three bears. And to anyone who has seen Puss in Boots 2, you know exactly, yeah. you know exactly what I'm talking about with this. But apparently in that scene, it shows uh, the baby bear getting uh, separated from the mama bear and papa bear, which is pretty heartbreaking, all things considered. But what happens later is something that, yeah, you're definitely going to want to keep in mind because this definitely, like, gave dark implications. And oh, oh,
0: definitely, definitely. And the yeah. Reason away, yeah, and the reason they got away with a lot of these dark implications is because DreamWorks was convinced that Shrek was going to be, like, a minor project thing. They put all of their time and resources into another project that was being developed around the same time, Road to El Dorado, which is a fantastic movie. I I, I personally like it a little bit more than Shrek, but maybe that's just me.
1: But,
0: same. But, but, but unfortunately, El Dorado did mediocre at the box office. Shrek was an absolute phenomenon. Oh, so, oh, oh, oh
1: yeah. that reminds me. DreamWorks also did another project back in the day, known as the Neverhood Chronicles. Fun fact: so that and Skull Monkeys are the are two the only like original games that DreamWorks ever made.
0: I do not know that. Very very interesting. But yep. yeah, I finally getting back to Shrek. Sorry for that little tangent there. So that, so uh, get, Eddie so Murphy and uh, Mike Myers—they have really good chemistry together like something about the way they talk, the way they play off each other. It really, really clicks. Of course, uh, there's a funny jab about musicals where Donkey tries to sing, but he's cut off by Shrek, which is probably a good thing because maybe he would have started singing Party all the time. And we do (laughs) not need that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but the thing that's interesting is that this actually I kind of wanted this to be a musical only for the fact that John Lithgow has a fantastic singing voice. He has like a whole album of jazz standards, and he is absolutely amazing. The fact that they didn't give like Lord Farquaad a song or something was kind of a mistake, but uh, my little thing there. But oh well. anyway, uh, we uh, Shrek and Donkey have a really fun and unique character interaction with how excitable Donkey is over everything, including even like the little things like... You know, that is a nice boulder. I love that. I love that part. And (laughs) just the way, like, how his excitability compared with Shrek's irritability, it does work out really, really well. And, of course, uh, we cut to the next sequence, which has uh, the fairy tale creatures invading Shrek's swamp, which is a really good moment with a lot of fun little gags, like a little. uh, Except
1: for one little moment where we see the papa bear and baby bear uh minus a certain mama bear yeah yeah and we will mm-hmm. get to
0: that in a little while no need to oh yeah about absolutely that. yeah definitely but uh the gag with the uh, like shrek trying to get literally anyone else but donkey to go with him is another good joke <laughs> yeah. and when they finally set off we get to see uh lord farquad with the reveal of him being like really really short uh another good gag now yeah, Lord it's farquad
1: it's so almost—it's almost like Dark Helmet from uh, Spaceballs, pretty much. Oh,
0: I definitely got that view. I definitely—I would not be surprised if they were not inspired by a uh, Dark Helmet and Spaceballs for that. When he lifts yeah. up the visor and turns, out, it's just you know like nerdy Rick Moranis under there. Uh, yeah, that's a great, great hilarious movie.
1: I but anyway, dark. But like here, <laughs> they kind of balance it out. It's like exactly, He's exactly. somewhat of a dark, but he very much has a lot, a lot of, of threatening. Space. Yeah, yeah, Farquaad definitely. Yeah. Has. <laughs> like I
0: said, uh, Farquaad famously is based off of Michael Eisner because uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg came extremely close to taking over Disney, but he got in a power struggle with Eisner and quit in a rage and set up DreamWorks. And it is so funny with the you know, hindsight being 2020 and all. You thought Michael Eisner was a bad guy? You, buddy, you do not know Bob Iger or Bob Chapek. You you should have waited a couple of decades before making this. Then you really could have made fun of a really bad Disney CEO. Well, I mean, uh,
1: probably freaking uh, little Jack Horner comes into mi- comes could to it mind with been, that. But very well could have been though. I don't know if
0: by that time they were doing it because. The original Shrek definitely is somewhat made out of spite. It's still a good movie, but you can definitely tell it was Katzenberg. You, you could picture him cackling like, "Yeah, yeah, you'll you'll get yours, Eisner, with this picture." Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, uh, Farquhar. Yeah, it's just, it's a, Farquaad is played by uh, John Lithgow, who is a really really fantastic actor. Been a lot of good things. He was in a uh, Twilight Zone the movie. He was in a uh, World According to Garpy. Really, really good, and pretty much anything he's in, I highly recommend it. And Mm. the part with him interrogating the gingerbread man is another little fun moment, especially with you know the little back and forth between them. You you really feel like with this movie, they really had character interaction down to a science with this one.
1: Yeah, it seems that way. Like the Muppet Man,
0: (laughs) yeah, exactly. Exactly.
2: Well, they also tried to make this like combined between adults and kids because yeah we see a whole lot of dark scenes again that uh you pointed out about mama bear not you know like oh she's here then wait where'd she go they're like oh "Oh, the adults know but the kids are like looking at them like what happened oh
0: Oh, there's a lot of them there there are a lot more adult jokes and we are going to point out quite a few of them too oh yeah absolutely they are
1: oh yeah absolutely like like the kids probably don't even notice. They're probably too young not to notice. Oh, that's definitely. What I'm well, saying,
0: that, that's they wanted to the combine, and that's why they tried to replicate it in some of the later DreamWorks movies to lesser effect. But we're not talking about those right now. Yeah. So anyway, we get to see the magic mirror, and I like how the design is unique because he's like a living opera mask, like Disney's uh yo. Interpretation yeah. of the magic mirror, but yeah. very different in a way it's very much more like a, a theater mask compared to the uh compared to the uh Walt Disney version and yeah, yeah more choosing the more, princess yeah I' oh, sorry go ahead. uh
2: they had it for the magic mirror in Snow White they have him more. Cold hearted a little bit and determined to follow whoever owns him, but in this one of Shrek, he is just more happy, whimsical, and he had the comedian side. The magic mirror in Snow White was just like oh, straight yeah, on like dead, dead serious,
0: like, yeah, 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 exactly. Mock, and that's
1: mockness, what. I um, yeah, exactly,
0: exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I And mean, here, fantastic, we pretty much have freaking. Uh, like a game uh, show host, which. Yeah. Which ties us into like how uh, Farquaad uses the princess being like a dating game show is really <laughs> really funny. And one character that I feel is kind of underrated, and he's a funny guy, and I wish he was in more of it because I felt like he oh, could have yeah. been a real good sidekick is Farquaad's executioner henchman guy. You know, uh, yeah, three, I know you're talking about. Three, okay, what,
2: I, I feel I like the cable connected to the thing. Yeah, that's yeah. Right, that's, that's good.
0: Yeah, I feel like he really could have been like Kronk from uh, Emperor's New Groove, yeah. related, right? You know. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Exactly, but I feel like they could have used him a little bit more, and it's kind of a shame they didn't. But regardless, it it is still a lot of fun. Of course, Shrek makes his way to Duloc, and of course we get the another adult joke where he sees the cast and is Like, you know, do you think he's compensating about something which kids think about height, <laughs> uh, adults know yeah. is about something else. And, and the, a Duloc being a parody of a uh, Disneyland because of the little puppet show is hysterical. Uh, yeah, the little puppet show, just, exactly oh my gosh. hilarious, hilarious, and especially with like the capstone on it, you know, with the picture of like a confu- completely baffled oh, Shrek and donkey, yeah. and then donkey says, "Yeah, oh man, yeah, let's do that again." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, that's great. That's great. And of course, apart, uh, miss
2: uh, we missed the kind of little funny scene where donkey and shrek are on their way to uh barlock kingdom and we talk about like the layers like
0: oh no no that's uh, after that's after oh right right. don't good. worry but no no that that's uh later on in the movie but that's all good so yeah uh the guy in the oversized uh farquad head like the like the goofy mascot is another fun mm-hmm. moment with him banging against the turnstile and we get to see Farquad make uh, his speech to all his knights saying that, you know, Yo, the one who wins shall go on a journey and a quest. The one who fails, <laughs> the one if he fails, the next runner up and so on and so forth. And one of the lines that became a meme, and I'm so glad it did because it's such an underrated little moment is some of you may die. That is a sacrifice oh. that I am willing to make. It's just, it's so... I gotta think about it for a second. It's, it's like a more subtle joke, but when it clicks, it's like, oh my god. Wow, and what course, a dick. And of course, I love when uh, Farquaad sees Shrek and you go, oh, it's hideous. And Dr- That's not very nice. It's just a donkey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Again, I get Great, great. Hilarious. and Beautiful. Yeah, so this hilarious. part is a lot of fun. The uh, fight sequence, which... Uh, Definitely, again, it's modernized. It's something modern, like the rock music, and done like a wrestling. But it still feels mm-hmm. like it takes place in in like a fairy tale and like a you know medieval type of setting and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I feel like you know again that the later movies kind of got away from it to its detriment. But we'll talk more about that on the Shrek Three episode. But yeah. yeah, it is a lot of fun seeing Shrek take them down in various ways and whatnot, especially to the music. Which again, what's interesting is that Shrek. It does have, you know, uh, like, more uh, diegetic music. The musical numbers, again, a difference from Disney. that They used more licensed songs, which really a lot of animated movies didn't do. I mean, there was stuff like Rock and Roll and things like that that did do it, heavy metal. But those were more obscure 80s stuff. For, like, a mainstream animated movie to do that, especially in, like, 2001, must have been a really, really big change. So, yeah, um, Farquaad basically declares Shrek is the winner, and he makes a deal: bring Fiona to Duloc, and he gets his swamp back. And now, like a Jordan, what you were saying, now we get to the ogres are like onions moment, which is yeah. a really fantastic part. When one thing again, I like a lot about Shrek is the small character moments, like the way that you know Shrek and Donkey basically you know shrek tries to tell donkey about how ogres are they're more than just like the big brutish monsters that people think they are which of course we get mm-hmm. more of later on a really really great scene but donkey of course is taking it literally and really does not get it and the <laughs> montage with the song is another fun one with stuff like you know uh yeah just the montage in general really and they use of the songs as well it, it really does work it's actually done yeah. by the Proclaimers. They were those guys who had that one hit wonder. If I would walk five hundred mm-hmm. miles, yeah, so, yeah, th- that was them. Uh, that was one I'm of their on songs, my way. and uh, yeah, yeah. And it, again, it does suit them, and it suits Shrek very well as well, because it goes the skies thing. But also that the use of songs in the movie, it really does work out for the best, you know. If, and of course, we finally get a Shrek and Donkey making it to the tower, and. I'm gonna say this right now, lava effects, amazing. They look I, so good for two thousand one.
2: Yep, I agree. When yeah, we see them right on the edge of getting close to crossing that huge riggedy bridge. It's just like you look down, you see a donkey's preview like prescription or view, and he's like, Uh I ain't doing this. You see how clearly that lava is just going through this cavern, and he's like you pulled my leg, right? <laughs> exactly,
1: yeah. exactly. Yeah. I yeah. also, in I, fact, uh, yeah, I also like this one it also leads to this one line where like they're walking our kids like, Don't look down, don't look down and he like cracks the bridge. It's like Looking down. Ah!
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I say, and I love how Shrek gets him across the bridge by basically shaking it and causing Donkey to walk backwards <laughs> all the way to the other side. And and again, it's a really clever moment as well. And Mm -hmm. Now we get to see uh, Shrek and Donkey uh, split up, and we finally get to the main reason we're doing uh, this uh, movie on this podcast, because Donkey encounters Dragon while Shrek is launched to the tower. Donkey gets cornered by Dragon, who is revealed to be female. And some people say her name is Elizabeth, but according to DreamWorks, her name is just Dragon, so that's what we're going with for Mm -hmm. it. That's the official name for her.
2: I I, I kind of feel so. bad that they would at least show more for Dragon. Like we only see her eyes open in a fireplace and he sees her and he freaks out. I wish we could like maybe find Got out a little more, more development. Like...
0: Yeah, yeah, yes. definitely. That's something that uh, yeah. I think Shrek the musical actually kind of rectified. And yeah. we're going to talk about Shrek the musical uh, sometime on the podcast. So don't no need oh, to worry dear. about that. And, yeah, that'll be an interesting episode when we eventually we get to it. But I feel like Dragon's design is, in my opinion, one of the all-time best Dragonist designs. It, it, she's fierce, yet she's feminine. The nice touches, <laughs> like the lipstick and the big eyelashes being, like, you know almost yeah. comical, <laughs> but yet she feels like a real fierce character in that. Now, uh, Dragon uh, doesn't have a voice, but she's voiced, like, with the roars and that by... Famed voice actor Frank Welker, who, if you have heard an animal in a cartoon since the 60s, most likely it was Frank Welker. He was oh, like God, a,
2: mostly, if you recognize yeah, Abu, him, he, he was Abu.
0: He, wa- he uh, was Fred on Scooby Doo for many years, and now he plays Scooby. He's been doing that since like the uh, yeah. 90s. He mm-hmm.
1: uh,
0: famously. Uh, well, he did pretty much every single animal voice. He was like uh, Ludmilla's Dragoness Roars and uh, Bartok the Magnificent was one of our first episodes. He did all of the Martians and Mars Attacks, which, I mean, that right there is awesome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The Lion exactly. King Roar
2: and yes, the Lions yes. Roar and Lion King. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. He, he is a legendary voice actor for a reason. And... I do yeah. like how dragon does have a lot of character development in these few minutes with her like falling in love with Donkey and that and how she well when she takes into his lair, which we'll get to in a little bit uh I do like how even though she. And again, this is probably the most amount of screen time she has in the entire franchise, sadly. She's less of a thing in a Shrek the Third and a Shrek Forever After, but she's in there enough that we'll talk about those ones. Sadly, she's not a lot in a Shrek 2, but eventually... yeah, uh, an ending
1: scene, at least.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, but unfortunately, yeah. But I do like how, uh, again, they give her a lot of character for being a mostly silent character and for being something that they could have easily just had her like in one scene and done, but they actually went the extra mile with it, and I'm very, very glad that they did. So mm-hmm. anyway, uh, getting back to the plot of it, Shrek uh, waking up Fiona by basically shaking her shoulders is a good gag, <laughs> Exactly. And followed by, you know, her confusion about how he acts is really, really great. And then, of course, we get to see a dragon cooing over Donkey, trying to be romantic with him. I like the touch like you know, blowing puffs of uh, heart-shaped smoke from her nostrils, which, again, is something that oh, is yeah. always a fun thing for a dragon. And the lair i don't know if this was intentional it reminds me of the hobbit like how they describe smaug's lair i I may have been intentional it may have just been like oh generic fairy tale castle dragon or whatever it looks
1: a little different i'll say that much
0: yeah yeah it definitely is a unique one especially with like the hanging uh, chandeliers and whatnot and of course there's all the treasure nearby which you know dragoness. of course they would But of course, uh, Shrek gets him out of there and we have the chase scene, which is a really good one. And there's a detail that's so blink and you miss it. It's like something that I've seen this movie like 50 times and I only caught it on my most recent viewing. There's like a gigantic cookbook with night themed recipes in the background (laughs) of the castle. it's, It's like, you know, it's like a blink and you miss it. It's not even focused on very long. It's a little bit, uh, in the dark. But when I actually paused and I actually, you know, took a look at what it was, I mean, that that is like some prime dark yet funny humor right there.
1: Wait, what, what thing
0: again? It's a giant it's cookbook, a cookbook. But with like knights on it and whatnot. Like knight-themed recipes and that. With like, uh, Dang, It's all okay. surrounded by like the skeletons of the other knights and whatnot. And of course, uh, they get away uh, just barely as uh, Dragon unleashes one of her fireballs at them. And again, her roar and her saddened expression... Again, it really makes you feel for her character as she's basically stuck uh, on the castle side because of the chain on her neck. She basically was sent there to be uh, Princess Fiona's uh, guardian while she's in the castle. And again, you feel a lot for her with the sad noises she makes and the downtrodden expression. And again, this is like a minor character in a 2001 animated movie, but... She has more character development than a lot of main characters in a lot of movies today, which is very, very. It shows how well done they did this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We get to see uh, Fiona demand Shrek's true appearance and is shocked. And I love how Shrek just, like, when she tries to, you know, not go, Shrek just hoists her over his shoulder and just carries her. I'm not the messenger boy. Yeah, just, I'm, I'm just, a just the a delivery, delivery boy. boy. And he just literally hoists her over his shoulder on that. And. Fiona demands that they stop when it gets dark out is some really good foreshadowing of course Uh as to what her secret is which we don't know already and she holds up in a cave with like a wooden door and whatnot made for the tree bark and now we get to a moment that I feel that in this Shrek it really shows how good this movie is and again I'm not dissing the other ones I really don't mean to they're all good in their own way Shrek the third a little less so but again we'll get to that eventually but the part where Shrek and Donkey just stare at the moon and talk to each other is something that I really wish the rest of the franchise kind of went with. More of these soft, you know, under, underrated, you know, underspoken character moments where they just, you know, talk about each other. It, it really is something that you didn't see a lot of in a lot of animated movies uh, before this. I mean, there always were, but the way this is done is particularly different with Shrek basically saying how people judge him before they even know him. You know, it, it re- you really feel for Shrek at this moment because you realize that even though he said, like, ogres are like onions earlier, this is the moment where you truly see that he's not just a big, scary monster ogre. He's really a almost a sensitive soul inside, which... And the fact that a Donkey saying that he likes Shrek for who he is is... Another very very lovely moment and when when they just look up at the moon together it is it really is something that you have to you have to really appreciate that they that they did this moment and again it's a moment yeah. that I really wish and again there's moments like that in all of the Shrek movies but I feel like this Shrek in particular did it perfectly so yeah, yeah. Uh, and after this then the movie cuts to Farquaad's castle where as you said, we see uh, the mother bear basically as a bearskin rug, which very, very dark. I did not notice that oh. on my initial viewings, which is yeah, again I didn't a really, either. really, really dark joke. And I'm amazed I got away with it, to be honest.
1: Oh, absolutely, which yeah. definitely implies a lot of things for Puss and Boots too. Which, yeah. Yeah. Mm.
0: Um. I don't that. know if they really thought about that when making this, of course. Or when I think if they did, they would have probably uh, done it a little differently if they had known that they would make you know, like so many sequels. Which, By the way, Push and Boost, Last Wish, fantastic movie. If you haven't oh, seen absolutely. it, you know anyone listening to this, yeah. check it out right yeah. away. It is phenomenal.
1: So either um, yeah, they uh, found some way to revive Mama Bear in that movie, or that is not Mama Bear, that's Step Mama that's Bear. That's like a,
0: another one that, you know, exactly, exactly. Although, and Puss in Boots is set in the same universe as Shrek, so we can't say like, oh, it's an alternate universe excuse, especially with the Mm. end credits of, uh, uh, the post credits rather, of uh, Last Wish, but we'll talk about that some other time. The movie, he also, uh, in this scene, there's another adult joke, Farquaad is staring at Fiona over and over, demanding that the uh, magic mirror uh, show her picture, and... The bed is tented up a little bit. Now, I don't know if this is intentional. It might've just been, you know, an animation error or whatever, but if the joke is implying what I think it was implying, that is like probably the most adult joke in any animated movie ever. I mean, wow. Oh yeah. Yeah,
2: I think it was definitely implying because what I said before, they were mixing it towards little kids and adults because of all the dark, the darkness, the adult humor. They were going both between the adults and uh, the kids oh, when absolutely. they had this scene definitely, with Bardwad. Yeah.
0: Definitely, definitely, yeah. And again, it's amazing that they got away with that. But again, the reason they probably did is because DreamWorks are putting all their eggs in the uh, El Dorado basket at the time. Now, the mm-hmm. part uh, the part um, with the next day with Fiona and the bird with her singing and eventually getting to such a high-pitched squeal that it caused to is a funny <laughs> moment. It really is good, but there's one moment about this is... This is where the animation is a little off. Fiona in this scene, she looks a little plasticky. Not, not like mm. Toy Story. Not like how the humans in Toy Story, you know, look. But in this sequence in particular, I don't know why. Maybe this scene was rushed a little bit compared to some of the other parts, even during the daytime. But in this particular instance, she looks very wooden, almost like a carving or something. And I don't know what it was. Again, it's just this one scene. The animation is a little faulty. That doesn't uh, take away from what happens in it, but it is something that I noticed upon viewing it. And of course, back when it came out, it was phenomenal. So, you know, can't compare, you know, then to now and whatnot. And mm-hmm. then they're uh, confronted by uh, Shrek and, uh, you know, Fiona and Donkey are walking through the woods again. And then they're confronted by Robin Hood, which and this is something oh, I yeah. never understood. Why is he French? I mean, it, I mean like, maybe, you know, for, for jokes and giggles and whatnot, but wouldn't it make more sense if Robin Hood was British because, I mean, Robin of Loxley, Sherwood Forest, and all that? Again, maybe it's just a joke to show that oh, things are different, but it yeah, is something I, I, really I interesting. I so.
1: yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting. Like, you brought it up and I'm just like, oh, that does make sense. Why did they do that?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, uh, pretty weird, but big... I, I kind of like it. The only reason I can think of is they were big Star Trek: The Next Generation fans because Picard famously uh, became Robin Hood in an episode. <sighs> uh. Nice, but yeah, yeah, event, yeah, and of course he has a really fun musical number on that. And originally during this uh, section, Shrek was going to meet a fairy godmother, but uh, they decided to save that for the sequel. So uh-huh. uh, yeah, kind of, did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. Shrek too, definitely. Uh, Expand on the universe in a really interesting way and again i personally think the first shrek is the best one but again that's just me but i feel that for the most part it is still really really well done fiona fights off the rest of the merry men and robin hood and a really fun sequence the matrix joke i think by 2001 we were a little bit sick of that by that time everyone was yeah. making fun of like slow motion bullet time and that but it still works And, of course, Shrek and Donkey are absolutely amazed over how Fiona fought all of them off, including uh, punching out Friar Tuck, which is a a cute gag. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Of course, uh, Shrek then turns out to have an arrow lodged in his butt, and she sends uh, Donkey (laughs) flowers to get him away. And I love the blue flowers, red thorns, blue flowers, red thorns. Oh, why do I have to be colorblind? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: it's little moments like that is good and
1: oh I man do, the arrow in his butt too yeah, like.
0: exactly exactly uh but yeah uh, we get to see shrek and fiona start to bond with each other over similar interests and the montage is really nice and understated which again is interesting this movie prop had, all, all the shrek movies have a lot of montages set to you know popular songs but this one i feel like did it the most and I feel like it did it the best. I'm not saying stuff like, you know, that I need a hero from Shrek too, because that is phenomenal. But I feel like the way these are done, they expand the story in ways that some of the other ones didn't. But then again, uh, we'll talk about that in another time. Uh, them bonding over dinner and showing that Shrek is starting to get feelings for her is a really, really nice moment. There's a really great shot right after this, with a uh, Shrek contemplating the field of sunflowers and Farquaad's castle. He just stares off into the distance, and it really is a, a really quiet, understated moment. That again, I feel works very well for the movie.
1: And yeah, okay, brief, uh, brief, uh, minor tangent, but like, uh, like the air, back to the arrow scene, like oh, it yeah. has easily my favorite freaking. Uh, it, it has one of my favorite noises that Shrek makes where he's like. Oh, yeah. It's like, a <laughs> yeah. No, no. I uh, definitely, definitely.
0: My, Mike Myers <laughs> really does a great job selling like all of uh, Shrek's little moments in that too. And of course, uh, we finally get to see uh, what Fiona's secret is. She is cursed to turn to an ogre when the sun goes down and the yep. moon comes up. Which again, it feels like something that would be in a legitimate fairy tale. It really does feel like something that you would see from, like, an ancient story and whatnot. And she argues that uh, she's a hideous piece while Donkey tries to console her. And I- I'm going to be honest, her ogre form is way better designed than her human one, at least in terms of, like, hey, animation yeah. and aesthetics and that. I mean, the-, the human form is good, but it's a little off at times. Again, I- I- mm. again, for the animation, it really, really looks good, but sometimes it's a little bit off, but uh, it- this is really good. But anyway, uh, Shrek overhears uh, Donkey and Fiona talking, and he thinks that uh, she's talking about him being I- hideous and ugly yeah. and whatnot. yeah he the storms princess. Up. Can you hear me? Exactly. But you feel real bad for him at this moment. His heart is broken, uh-uh. and oh, dear, he angrily yeah. gives her off to Farquaad and storms off to a swamp, and... We get to the uh, Hallelujah of montage, which I think is really one of the best ones, showing them at their lowest moments, like Shrek tossing the uh, sunflower into the fire. And it even has a good joke in it with uh, basically Fiona seeing the wedding toppers and pushing the far quad topper down uh, lower into the cake. is yeah, that's like, pretty gag good. that's Pretty good. But again, it's really something that's understated because of the emotional moments going on. We actually finally get to see Dragon again after all this time as she's revealed oh, yeah. to have escaped the castle and she goes to comfort Donkey in that, which, again, a really nice moment that we get to finally see her again and, and we're to see more of her in a little bit. But after the oh, montage, yeah. Donkey attempts to have his part of the swamp, uh, causing Shrek and Donkey to argue and fight. Then uh, Donkey basically convinced Shrek that Fiona was talking about someone else, keeping it you know intentionally vague. Yeah. Then Shrek basically realizes that wait, I do love Fiona and he wants to go uh save her from Lord Farquaad. Him and Donkey ride on dragon to get to the church which again leads to another really great moment. His repeated failed attempts to object the wedding with Donkey interrupting is really really great. You know Shrek yeah. literally having to throw Donkey in the air over <laughs> to the
1: uh
0: yeah to to the to the giant stained glass window to see what's going on is a good one and Of course, Shrek does object and we get to finally see uh, Fiona transform on screen, which is legit, really good animation. The way that Uh the uh, transformation is slowly done, it it really does work. It feels like, again, maybe taking a little bit of inspiration from uh, Walt Disney Cinderella with the sparkles and whatnot. But regardless, I still feel that it really does work out for the best in this particular sequence. And, of mm-hmm. course, uh, we get to see oh, Fiona yeah. in her ogre form. And Farquaad is instantly sickened by it and demands that uh, she be locked back up and Shrek be executed and whatnot. And literally, just as he claims he's, cling- he's king, Dragon busts in in a really awesome shot. And she just eat- swallows him whole, which is really uh, a cool moment in that to finally see her used in the entire thing. Basically, it was like building up to it. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. Yeah,
0: oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. point. yeah yeah where it uh, becomes of that oh oh man i forgot to mention uh one of the funnier moments of the movie the part where uh lord Farquaad's uh executioner henchman he's literally holding up cue cards for the audience
1: like a show a tv show
0: when shrek declares that he loves fiona he holds up one saying everybody laugh or something and one, you know, uh, Shrek kisses Fiona, he hand-scribbles one that says, you know, "aw" in that. And, again, it really is funny. And the part where uh, Shrek and Fiona kiss is, uh, again, a really lovely moment. And we get to see Fiona, uh, is true love's kiss has turned her into an ogre permanently with Shrek, which means they can live together happily. And mm. we finally get the uh, I'm a believer ending which uh, actually got smash-mouthed for the music, because when they heard that they were going to use All-Star, they were apparently ecstatic and agreed to record another song for this. But, of course, now maybe they're not as enthusiastic as All-Star is now the only song people know from them, unfortunately. But regardless, Uh, we, we get to see all the fairy tale creatures happy at last, enjoying the wedding and whatnot. We get to see even, like, a donkey sing, which I think Eddie Murphy did, because... He is a pretty good singer, you know, party all mm-hmm. the time in his other singing career. like the one he did with Michael Jackson, and that notwithstanding, but in stuff like Dreamgirls and that, he does have a legitimately uh, good singing voice in that. But yeah, we finally get to see all the fairy tale creatures happy at last. Shrek and Fiona go off in their onion carrots, another nice uh, detail. Yeah. And also dragon no catches the Yeah, which, again, dark limitation, but uh, maybe Puss in Boots' uh, last wish rectified that. We will have to see. But also, uh, Dragon catches the bouquet, which, of course, leads to something that happens in Shrek 2, which we will talk about uh, in our Shrek the third episode, because, sadly, we're going to have to skip Shrek 2, because Dragon is barely in it for less than 30 seconds.
1: However, in that time, apparently it's stated that she and Donkey... If you know yeah. what I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that kids. on
0: Shrek the Third. Yeah, yeah, but we'll go in more into detail about that on Shrek the Third. But yeah, even though uh, Shrek would get many sequels and many spin offs, I feel like this movie ended so well and it's just such a really perfect movie overall. It's not perfect, perfect, but it is very well oh, yeah. done. Yeah, I feel like this could have been a one off and that would have been just fine. Granted, I'm glad that we got the sequels again. Shrek 2 and Shrek Forever After were great. Shrek the third, maybe not, but again, we'll get to it. But it was a huge success regardless, enormous financial success. Nobody expected this to be the movie of the summer. This came out opposite like uh, Mummy Returns and Jurassic Park 3 and whatnot, but this was a monster, monster hit. This movie probably single-handedly put DreamWorks on the map. Not uh, discounting Prince of Egypt, which is another fantastic, fantastic movie, but I feel like this is the one that made people really sit up and notice them. And this movie also won the first ever Best Animated Feature and won over Monsters, Inc., which, Mm -hmm. okay, to be perfectly honest, I think Monsters, Inc. is a better movie than Shrek and probably should have won. I mean, Shrek is good, but it doesn't have... Put that then. Put that thing back where it came from. Also me, so help me the so musical. It doesn't me. have that. It, <laughs> you know. If, if it, but no. It also uh, the other movie it was up against was another movie called The Adventures of Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius. That's yeah. right. We almost lived in a universe where Jimmy Neutron won the first ever Best Animated Feature Oscar, which I really liked. Jimmy Neutron. Jimmy Neutron was great. The TV show was phenomenal, but oscar worthy uh but it still is a fun one though i could see oh
1: absolutely absolutely it's definitely Uh, fun. it has a little bit of age but uh yeah Yeah, especially with the
0: animation but yeah like i say that fun and of course shrek is uh as well so yeah now it is time for the uh question of the episode which is uh what are your favorite dreamworks uh movies uh animated movies regardless because uh, DreamWorks, don't forget, also made live action movies. They did like Saving Private Ryan. They did The mm-hmm. Ring. They did a bunch. They did Catchy If You Can. They did they a did bunch of other Trip. movies. I don't remember at the time. Yeah, they probably that. Trip. But <laughs> let, let's say a uh, favorite DreamWorks animated movies.
1: Yeah, I feel like
0: my favorite, to be honest. I really like El Dorado. I feel like El Dorado is one of those movies where you really, really wish that it was a bigger success because as much as I love Shrek. I wouldn't mind living in a world where we had like four road to El Dorado sequels. You know what I'm saying? And a Mm -hmm.
2: spinoff.
0: There there was something about, there's something about uh, DreamWorks 2d movies that they, they really are just so good. And it is such a shame after the Sinbad, the sailor one was a colossal Mm -hmm. box office bomb. Unfortunately, uh, DreamWorks like officially gave up 2d. They like threw in the towel after that. And it's a shame. Because I'm probably going to have to say uh, of, their, of all their lineup, I think El Dorado is probably my favorite. Prince of Egypt is really, really good. El Dorado edits it out just a skinch. Maybe it's something like with the Elton John music because, I mean, phenomenal soundtrack. I mean, you know, oh, and yeah. you know, phenomenal characters. Animation is gorgeous. I mean, this looks absolutely mind-blowingly good. But for oh, their yeah. CGI movies, I'm going to have to give it to uh, How to Train Your Dragon kung fu panda is amazing you know kung fu Panda Mm -hmm. is amazing and that that's another really really good one but in terms of like their their cgi movies i'm really gonna have to give it to how to train your dragon because that was something unlike anything dreamworks did before this it was nothing like any of their previous movies it gave us absolutely beautiful designs with the dragons with the backgrounds with the setting the characters All of it, it just works perfectly. And again, the fact that it also had really good sequels, you know, Mm -hmm. really does uh, say something for it. Which, by the way, we did an episode on How to Train Your Dragon 3 and also How to Train Your Dragon, the Christmas special, which you can listen to uh, some other time. But yeah, yeah, those are going to be my picks. Uh, Sorry about that little self-plug there. But yeah, those are going to be my picks. Uh, El Dorado and uh, How to Train Your Dragon. So, um, Angron, what would you say are uh, your favorite DreamWorks movies?
1: Oh, lordy, that's a tough one. I mean, Madagascar as a whole is awesome. I I have a soft spot for the third. I love the second one. The first still holds a place in my heart. Uh, I, I I I really do love the How to Train Your Dragon franchise. I will definitely die on the hill. It's definitely it's definitely worth all the movies and TV shows that it got. I really enjoyed Kung Fu Panda, it, it was consistently good, like, when DreamWorks is consistently good, they are consistently good, I will say that. And I will also die on the hill that ha- that I actively like Shrek 3 a little more than most. And also Spirit Sally of Cimarron, uh, El Dorado. Freaking Sinbad, and uh, I think there was another one. I I also really enjoyed Monsters vs Aliens. That's a little bit of an underrated one in my opinion. The characters, yeah, that, style. I can definitely see that. Yeah, I, I really, I really enjoyed Megamind. Sexosaurus. Oh yeah, Mega Mind too. Oh definitely, man, definitely.
0: so it's many like, good
1: choices.
0: Exactly. Even exactly. Bad
1: Guys is awesome. Like yeah, oh, oh, Bad man, Guys is definitely a good around. one. That, that was
0: that was phenomenal. That was. One of their best, all-time best. And of course, Puss in Boots' Last Wish. And yeah, yeah, overall, yeah, it is very hard. I can tell with a library like that. Oh, come on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Beating around the bush at this point. Fucking Puss in Boots' Last Wish. Yeah, yeah. Hands down. Like, notice to dragons. Notice to Kung Fu Panda. Notice to Madagascar. Notice to Shrek. Notice to none of them. Maybe except Snail. Maybe except Budweb. But anyways, (laughs) notice to any of them. But, come on, I feel that out of all the movies that they could have easily done peak dream work, so to speak, it had to be Puss in Boots 2 The Last Wish. Like, it is a culmination of all their hard work, all the animation, like, years of, like prepping for something huge and help bad guys really got a step forward in that direction and i really love it and it was this close to edging out madagascar and how to train your dragon and a lot of other films but yeah i i think i like uh puss in boots 2 a lot i think it's my favorite movie hands down it's the new toy effect in play i i might admit but just oh man the characters in this are amazing the bears again are awesome like the mama bear or step mama bear unfortunately but is awesome the like goldilocks is amazing kitty softpaws makes return here and she's a lot better for the most part like death freaking death that version apparently has like mythic roots or something i don't know but it's awesome yeah, overall she's i could definitely see that yeah yeah like oh my gosh and Jack Horner is a very entertaining villain. I'm I'm gonna say that he's somewhat the quote unquote weakest character of the film, but I but he's still awesome, man. If that's the lowest character, then oh my gosh. Also Perito is just <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah,
0: definitely, definitely. God, this
1: guy is just uh, yeah. uh, the, the audacity uh. they had. Like in the past they absolutely would have just gotten away with it. Nowadays the fact that they had the cojones to do that? Oh, so, definitely. Yeah, man. Yeah. It is really, really oh, man. And, oh, the animation. I'm yeah, sorry, but beautiful. the animation is peak DreamWorks. Definitely, hands down. Like, I have not seen Ruby Gilman yet. I It's probably going to be uh not as bad as people say it is, but for now, this holds my top spot, hands down. There's a few things that, like, are, I have a few nitpicks, but come on. Come on, man. It's, it's Fuss in Boots, too. That, that's yeah, my pick. I, I Jordan? Yep. Jordan? Uh,
2: my favorite probably Pixar movie would probably between Kung Fu Panda and How to Train Your Dragon. I am a dragon nerd, and oh, absolutely. I like the way that I see what Pixar's do is that they, they bring the characters. Cool and they're all the storyline is perfect. But what makes it even more better with Pixar does, I know they try to compare themselves with Disney, is the scenery and the music that they bring to these movies of Pixar. I know that Pixar works with Disney now, but before that, it was just themselves a bit.
1: Why, why are you and calling they... DreamWorks Pixar?
2: Oh, I am sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <You're> all <laughs> <good>. <laughs> no, it's all okay. good, it's all good.
0: <laughs> no, no problem, no problem.
2: It's all um, good. But they bring more scenery to the stories of uh, Kung Fu Panda. All these movies that they worked with DreamWorks do. It's just the the scenery of of their work is what I like. So most of my probably between Kung Fu Panda and Hiding Your Dragon are my movies.
0: Mm. Those are all really, really good picks. Oh, Uh, absolutely. My last last movie I
2: Star Wars. Check 5 back in the Quest game out, so I do not know. Mm. Sorry, which one? Check 5, unlike opening.
0: Oh, I can definitely see that. Yeah, yeah, huh. it definitely sounds like... No, so I, abs-
1: I absolutely do not know.
0: Oh, no, mm. it's all good, it's all good, it's all good. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I understand. So now it is time for the uh, patent-pending Dragonist skill. And Wait, not check 5, doing? check 4. Oh, oh, okay. So, struck forever after. In other words, okay. Yeah, because oh, there, there wasn't a struck five. Is about to say, do you need to put some boots or? But no, yeah, no, that, no that's I a good see, choice. No, I had to time
1: tell because he's like,
0: fuck you. that's all right. That's all good, It's all good. So yeah, uh, now it is time for the uh, patent pending Dragonus scale, and the way we're going to do it with a uh, dragon because we're going to be talking about her uh, for the next couple of episodes as well. We're going to be reviewing her just based on what she did in the individual movie itself. So it's just Dragon, for example, what she does in Shrek. When we do Shrek the third, it'll be Dragon in Shrek the third. And when we do Shrek forever after, it'll be Shrek forever after. Now that being said, for Dragon in the first Shrek, I am going to give her a... Nine out of ten. I know that is a very high score, but I feel like she deserves it because number one, the character design is phenomenal. Number two, this is the most uh, love I feel she gets in the in the uh, entire film franchise, and that you know you really feel for her as a character and whatnot. I do like how you know they subverted expectations before subverting expectations became a meme. <laughs> But yeah, overall, I just feel like the way that they did with design-wise and the way that they used her in the actual movie with the her development is really really well done. The only reason she's not a perfect ten is I wish there was more of her, and I kind of wish she had a voice. I'm I'm actually knocking it down to eight out of ten now that I'm thinking about it. I kind (laughs) of wish they gave her a voice rather than just have her be like animalistic roars. But at the same time, it feels like Something would be missing if she didn't have you know the whole dragonist nature for her, but actually upon you know, thinking about it, I think I'll leave it at nine out of ten for a uh, dragon in uh the original Shrek
1: uh, Oh yeah, uh, absolutely Anton? uh I'm also gonna do eight out of ten, but not for the reasons you think. I do not mind she doesn't have a voice. it works, it's very adorable like i the design is good i i i don't hate it i just uh, it's just lipstick on things it's a little odd sometimes when when it doesn't work it doesn't work for me but i will say it is very adorable i do feel very much for this character in this movie she did a lot and even though she didn't appear in uh shrek 2 all that much it's very nice to know that uh she's still very much caring for uh for a donkey and uh the fact that they had a family together is just something special you know
0: no definitely i can definitely definitely see that um jordan what would you have to say
1: uh same thing
2: what you guys have just said, uh rating uh Dragon. I like her design. It's like almost close, but not fully close to the Dragonheart uh design for Draco in the first Dragonheart series. The way how oh, her scales I never look thought of that. And <laughs> the way Nothing how of she luck. kinda if she wasn't so big in the uh, the part of her body she would be almost close to exactly of Draco's way but i like they gave her more feminine look um but that just me Uh, But I like how, I like how you guys rate her the way I agree that I wish she had a little bit of voice, but I kind of don't like she hadn't had voice. You can see when she grunts, her body movement, it tells her, like, when she was getting yanked out, like, pulled back from the chain, from the chase scene, you could see, like, oh, I don't want to be here. I want to get away from this whole chained up life and meeting up with a donkey in the. Had that look in their eyes, like oh, care and who knows what they made a deal with. But I, I, I like how she is, so I'm gonna really keep her at where you guys have at her at a eight out of ten. Okay, eight.
0: thank you very much for that. And uh, lucky Evie, I also So eight nice. out of ten. All right, that's pretty good. Yeah, so one yeah, I, I,
1: yeah. Also on your Dragonheart thing, nothing will ever top seventh. To Fight me and lose. <laughs>
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, Civeth is oh she's a beauty. All right. And I hope we have oh, more man. of her in uh, the next Dragonheart movie. If that ever comes
2: out. Great
0: again. But, yep. Yep. Uh. but yeah, now getting back to this, uh, if you have any questions or if you want to give us your own performance of All Star, you can yeah. feel free to email us at Fiery at Outlook.com or visit us on Twitter at Twitter.com slash Next time we'll be talking about the 1967 movie Gamera vs. Gaos, for the upcoming Gamera movie. So that'll be a lot of fun to talk about that. And don't worry, the week after that we'll get back to Shrek for Shrek Three. But for now, we're going to take a little bit of a detour next week to talk about uh, a classic kaiju movie that it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about.
1: Absolutely. So
2: yeah, it's going to be that. new for me. I never again never saw the giant kaiju turtle i'm a godzilla nerd but i've never heard of a giant kaiju turtle
0: <laughs> oh you're gonna have and a lot of fun with Gamera. Gamera is a really really unique character in that yep. so yeah thank you guys so much for listening and until next week take care
1: Bye.